Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life, episode 736. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you create a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that you create by serving with your gifts. I'm excited today. I have a guest that has got an interesting story, and I've heard just a little of it, and we're going to share it together. Martin Salama. Martin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kellen. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You are welcome, and I love the work that you are about so you told me a little bit, you told me plenty ahead of time to have a a, a, a fabulous show, but I'm going to start with the one question. I don't have a list of questions, but I have one that I always ask, and that's based around the title of the show. I, I uh, created this podcast, Your Ultimate Life, around the premise that it's possible today to live that ultimate life. And I define it as a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that you create by serving with your divine gifts. Now, those are my words. How would Martin define his ultimate life? So my ultimate life is, is, is it's funny that we're, we're talking about this. And the reason I even, we even connected was I'm known as the architect of the warrior's life code. And to me, life stands for live incredibly full every day. So that means waking up in the morning, being grateful for whatever's going on in your life, even writing a few things down in a gratitude journal, and for me, I then say I live incredibly full every day. That's my mantra. That's my affirmation. But that means going out into the world, smiling when you see people, when you have an opportunity to be kind to someone, take advantage of it. When someone needs some help, if you're able to be there, jump into it. Because it's not about you know tit for tat, quid pro quo. It's about being your authentic self in every place that you can be. I love that. And when you said living incredibly full every day, <clears throat> a minute ago, I thought of another friend of mine who's been on my show and I've been on his show, Chris Doris, and he's worth looking up. He has a mantra that's B-D-D-O-M-L <clears throat> and it's best damn day of my life. And he, when people ask him, how are you doing? He always says this best damn day of my life. And of course it makes people laugh and they ask, and then he gets a chance to tell the stories, right? right? And he has a he has an amazing story. And he just launched a book, which is why he was on the show to help help with the book launch. But anyway, you just reminded me live incredibly full every day, which is a modifier that's important. Incredibly means unbelievable. So tell me again the story of where that came from. You mentioned it right. briefly. Yeah. Tell me about that. So let me go back to when I was 10 years old. Okay, this part of the story I didn't tell you too much about. So when I was 10 years old, uh, I had a tragedy in my life that affects me even till today. For the first 40 years after that, it affected me one way, and the last 10 years a different way. So I was 10 years old. I have four older sisters and a younger brother, Michael, who was five years younger than me. And on that day, he was killed by a school bus. And it was the most tragic day of my life. Even till today, it's the most tragic day to the thing that ever happened to me. 
And for me, as a 10-year-old, here I am, I lost my only brother, and my parents lost their son. So at that moment, I recognized that my parents are probably distraught, which they were, and I was as well. So I told myself a story that I continued for many years after that. It's my job to please my parents, to make sure they're happy, because I'm the guy that's going to carry on the name. I'm the guy that's going to carry on the legacy, as it were. I have four older sisters, but they'll get married, have different names, and they have done beautiful things in their lives. But still, it's my name, and I'm going to continue the, the Salama legacy. So I became a people pleaser at that moment, not understanding what it was going to do. And it took me 40 years to look back on my life and realize the things that it made me do. It, I became as a result of it. As a people pleaser, I took things personally. I was a control freak. And worst of all, I had a very short temper. Because if things weren't going my way, then I wasn't pleasing people. And meant I wasn't controlling the situation. And if I wasn't controlling the situation, I was going to lose it until I got what I wanted. And I would even explode to the point being like a nuclear reactor. And then I have to go back and, you know, clean up the mess and the fallout. And usually that would be like, I'm sorry I did that. But, you know, this was happening and that was happening. That's not an apology. But to me, it was because I was justifying what I was doing. So now I get married. And now I'm trying to please my wife. I'm trying to please myself, uh, my parents. And, you know, I'm uh, spitting all these plates and I'm pleasing no one, you know. And looking back, I would rationalize that I was doing the right thing because it was for the greater good. But now I use rationalize and I've trademarked it. And it's two words, rational lies. I was lying that it was rational for me to do things that was against my inner beliefs to please others, to please my ego or whatever. So that's how I look at rationalize now. Uh, when I was justifying, I was doing the same thing. I was rationalizing that I was right to do what I was doing. I love rational lies. That's really interesting to lie, to rationalize or justify the lie because it serves some other purpose. Keep going. Thank you. Thank you. So now let's fast forward to 2008. My wife and I are working on a project for five years to build a multi-million dollar tennis center and health club. What happened was she came to me and she said, you know, Martin, I can't find anywhere to play tennis. All the courts are always booked. There's not enough courts around us. And you just closed the business. Let's do this. So people pleaser that I am, okay, dear, okay, let's do this. And we started on a five-year journey to feasibility studies, finding the right space, getting all the approvals from the city and the state. And finally, in the summer of 2008, we get all of the approvals. And by now, we're three-plus million dollars into it. Because I'm saying, as soon as we get approval, let's get in the ground. Because the last few years, you go to the banks, they were giving you money, 2005, six, seven. They, you, you, all you have to say is money, and they're like, here it is. Go to the bank, we're like, okay, we're ready. Sorry, we're not lending. What are you talking about? Well, you'll see. A month later, September 2008, Bertie Madoff, subprime loans, all that. The financial world crashes. I crashed as well. The next day, I had nothing. Within weeks, uh, my house was foreclosed. I, I, start, I stopped paying my, my mortgage. Eventually, my house got foreclosed on. My cars were repossessed. Imagine seeing the, your kids seeing your car getting towed down the block. Not so much fun. And I was in a bad place. And it took me about a year to get out of that mindset of woe is me. I picked myself up. I said, okay, now what am I going to do with myself? I don't want to be in business anymore. I'm tired of being a businessman. The ups and downs of it have driven me crazy. It's costing me everything. So what do I want to do? 
I look back in my life and I realized the happiest I was, was when I was involved in community events as a leader. And I was a leader because I understood what other people were going through and I helped them through it and I showed them their potential that they could help the organization in, in great ways. So I said, oh my God, I'm a life coach and I'm not even really a life coach. Maybe I should become one. So I decided to do that. Now, that was a few months away. Come up to my 24th wedding anniversary and my wife says, I'm done. I want a divorce. I was like, okay, God, you just want to keep knocking me down and kicking me when I'm down. Now, what am I going to do? I'm like, I'm going to get back up again. And I'm going to go to life coaching school anyway. And I'm going to figure out what's going on. And that first week in life coaching changed my life because they told me, you don't have to live with what you think you are. You can change who you are. I'm like, wow, what a concept. And I started to change. Now, I didn't save my marriage, which was, looking back, the best gift other than our four children she could have ever given me because we were in a codependent relationship and maybe we should have never gotten married. We had many good years. I have beautiful children, eight wonderful grandchildren, but we were codependent from day one and it was doomed to fail down the line sooner or later. So, so I have a question about that. That That's, yeah. I know there's more to the story because, and I want to hear it. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you got knocked down with the finances. You got knocked down when your partner of 24 years wanted to leave the relationship. And it, in both of those situations, and I'm sure other ones that you didn't, you know, get specific about, you had a choice. And the choice was to stay face down in the dirt with the foot of fate in your neck, or uh, it feels like that, you know. With exactly. The, I know, I know. Ball. Right. If and and you listeners, I'm sure you know you can identify right now the times in your life where you felt, you know, on the face with the foot of fate in your neck. But anyway, so you but instead, even if you stayed there for a day or a month or a year, you made a choice. And the choice was coupled to that thing you discovered in life coaching school. And the choice you made was not to stay there. But the key was the discovery, whether you knew it at the first time or not that I don't have to continue to be who I am, who, what I think before, what I thought I was, I don't have to be that. And that is so key, both in your work as life coach, my work as a coach and helping people realize they do create their lives. So I want you to talk more about that choice mm -hmm. to be something different than you've been thinking or being. Right. So, you know, up until that point, whenever something would happen to me, the first thing I would say is, why me? You know, why is this happening to me? You know, and, and I, can't, yeah, I can't catch a break and all those things. So my mindset was one of, you know, defeat. Every time I, I'm a failure again, oh, what could I do? But in the back of my mind was also, I've got to figure this out and try again. So, and most of the times I would fail again. But I always had this, instead of fight, you know, the fight or flight, my thing was fight. So this time I changed the way I was fighting. In the past, it would, I'd get up, you know, like screaming, getting ready to, to, to go back at it again. With, with blinders on, thinking I know everything. And what I think is the best way is the only way. So this time, when I decided to become a life coach, I said, and I went to that first weekend, and it was a a very immersive weekend of 
you know, before you can be a life coach, you got to do some work on yourself. So I was like, okay, I'm going to become coachable. I'm going to listen to what they're telling me because the way it's been going isn't working. So, you know, it's, it's the old Albert Einstein thing. You keep doing the same thing over and over again. You know, that's the, the, the uh, you know, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Right. So that I want you to, that's fabulous. And that immersive thing, you can't, this is, you've said a couple of things that are really important. I want to dig into uh, there's life coaches all over the place. I was talking to another guest yesterday and she's in Australia and she was talking about uh, all these 20 somethings that she knows and I don't know how many, and we didn't get into detail, but some number of 20-somethings that she knows that are hanging out a shingle as a life coach. And she was not talking about anyone specifically, but she was wondering if they had enough experience in the ups and downs and that particular choice of working on yourself to really be uh, an effective coach, because it's one thing to know the words of you can think positive, you cannot be a victim, you can this, that, and the other. And it's quite another to have gone through enough experience that you can both embody and truthfully teach that and help clients explore that in their own lives. Right. So why do you think we we have to splatter on the floor? I, maybe everybody doesn't, but most of us splatter on the floor before we're able to make those changes. You know, it's, I, I, I love the way you put that because it's, for me, if when you're at the lowest points in your life, you're not looking back and saying, what got me here? And being honest with yourself about admitting what my role is in what got me here, instead of blaming everybody else, that's your time for reflection, for introspection, and for you to say, okay, now that I'm, I'm recognizing that I've contributed to where I am in my life, what can I do to change those things? And recognizing I'm not happy. So if I'm not happy, something's wrong. And it's those low times that give you that opportunity to see that and to say, okay, I'm getting divorced. I have no money. My children are looking at me like I'm a failure. What am I going to do now? Because they saw the cars getting towed away, you know, repossessed. I, I could stay down here, but what good is that going to do? Uh, I'm better off, you know, doing something drastic and putting everybody out of their misery, but realizing that's not a choice because nobody will be happy with that choice. So that thought came into my hand, my mind for a tenth of a second. I was like, yeah, that's not happening. And I went on. So, so that's fabulous. It's, I, I, for the listeners, I'm going to repeat what I heard. It is at the low times, whatever caused you to get there, externalities, the economic crash of then. Right now, we in our f house, we have a Ukrainian family that are refugees because of the conflict in Europe. Mm. And so wow. my wife is is Ukrainian and her dad was born in Odessa. So since day one, that's been front and center for us. And she said, we got to do something. And so we, we had the opportunity to do that. And so something like that can happen to you, like mm -hmm. happen to them or 
like you or me, and I've got plenty of stories, and this episode's not about my stuff. So at those times, we have the opportunity to either play the blame game, excuses and blaming, you know, why me, can't catch a break, the stuff that you said, or we can say, hmm, here I am, this is the truth, and then tell the truth about how I got here. Well, this is my contribution. This is who I've been being. This is how I show up. And I have a choice to continue being that way or to do something different. So when you went to that immersion and you decided, wow, I've got to work on myself, what was the process for you to identify and then implement the things that that had to change for you. Well, I think I, I, I was very fortunate. I don't know how other coaching schools work. I only know the one I went to, which was right. called IPEC. Okay, mm -hmm. and you go for that first weekend, and right away, you are given a peer coach, and you are peer coaching someone as you're learning the techniques, the skills to help your clients, right? Because before you could help them, you got to understand yourself more and so on and so forth. So I was thrust, positively thrust into having a coach who, and I, God was smiling on me because he sent me a coach that had just finished going through a divorce. So hmm. she could relate to what I was going through and be there for me, objectively supporting me and non-judgmental. So having a coach in my life at that time, while I was going through coaching school, helped me to grasp the things that I needed to recognize were not working for me. Do you think, um, as a coach, one of the things I say, and it may be a bit controversial, I say a coach without a coach is a fraud. And uh, that's kind of stark, but I say that because it, how I feel about that is if I'm a coach and I am not actively in a coaching container working on myself on a continuous basis, then I stop evolving. If I don't have a regular process to continue that examination, to continue looking at those things, then I'm going to be very limited. I'm going to get mm -hmm. people to a certain point and then run out of chops. What do you right. think about that? I, you know, I think, it, I think you're right on target. And I have, I have a life experience that I can even share with you. Please so do. I finished my coaching, my coaching uh, school and I, be, and I become a divorce recovery coach. Makes sense. I just yeah. came through a divorce. Right. Right. And I start coaching around that. And about two years later, I look in the mirror and I'm the heaviest I ever was in my life. And I'm miserable and I'm working a, a, a dead end job every single day while I'm trying to get my coaching going, but I'm not being coached. And I walk one day and one day I'm walking down the street with a friend of mine going home and he leaves and I start uh, uh, skipping up my staircase to go into my house and I trip and I go flying into the wall, scrape my arm and my body. And I, I actually injured my arm. My friend comes running back. He goes, oh, my God, Martin, are you okay? It sounded like an earthquake. I was like, whoa. I mean, he didn't mean anything by it. He just, that's how loud the sound was. I got up. He helped me up. I got into the house. I got into the shower, and I started washing down. I go, okay, God, I get it. 
I'm coaching, but I have not, I don't have a coach in my life. I need to think, figure things out and I need to take responsibility. Why am I not happy? Even though I'm coaching people is because I'm not allowing myself to be happy. I'm not doing the things I need to do. So I got out and I was watching Facebook and a friend of mine was talking about, oh, you, you want to start exercising? Well, here's a 30 minute video you can do every day from the house. I'm like, well, I'm working seven to seven, so I can't go to a gym and I can't afford a gym really. But I can come home, I can wake up early, watch a video and work out for 30 minutes. So I started doing that and he started coaching me on my my health and my and my weight and all that. And in nine months, I lost 65 pounds. But also I started letting other people coach me. And I started getting into that mindset of, I like coaching. I like being coached. Why did I stop? Because I let myself think I can't afford it or whatever. And I, I allowed my mindset to go down the wrong path. And I said, okay, I'll figure out how I can afford it. I'll figure out how I can do, you know, uh, pro bono back and forth, whatever. And I started changing my mindset as I lost the 65 pounds over nine months. And I went from being self-conscious to self-aware. And that's a big difference right there. To me, there's a huge difference between the two. That's magnificent. So that's a powerful life example. And, you know, I, I'm glad you brought up the affordability question because people who who haven't had a lot of successful, have either no experience or no successful experience with having a coach will often say, I can't afford that because they're looking at it like, this is an expense. I'm going to pay this. And I don't know if anything's going to happen. It'll be fun to have somebody to talk to, kind of like hiring a shrink. And there's nothing wrong with shrinks. I've seen plenty in my life. But what they're not thinking about, and this is partly the responsibility of the person and partly the coach, the possible coach, the potential coach as they interview them, is to help them see possibilities. Because if you invest the time and effort to get healthy, the return you expect is to feel better, live longer, and you know, be more positive in terms of your energy and the truthful ability you have to help other people overcome barriers and blocks. Right. Because when I was heavy once too, I was almost 100 pounds overweight and and that, you know many years ago, but had to do the same thing. And so that choice to figure out how to be coached, regardless of the expense, because it isn't an expense, it's truly an investment. investment. Yep. And if you don't make it an investment, then whose fault is that? Exactly right. Exactly you know, right. people come and say, oh, I'm going I'm to coach. Will it work? My answer is I have no idea. I got no friggin' clue. How bad do you want it to work? Are you willing to crawl over broken glass and bleed on the floor? Yes. Okay, then it'll work. Are you going to just play games and come week after week and tell me why you didn't X, Y, Z? Then go away. I don't want you as a client. Right. Exactly. I actually fired a client once okay. because they kept on coming back every week saying, yeah, I know I was supposed to do this. I'm like, you know what, dude, I can't do this every week. I mean, I need the money, but I don't need it that bad to take your money when you're not going to do anything. That's fabulous. So I want you to, to, uh, to think about this live incredibly full every day. How do you prepare yourself 
the way I think about it is, I don't know why God made us to sleep a third of our lives away, but he did and could have made us some other way, but didn't. So we die. I think of it as we die every night and we wake up alive every morning. We, we recreate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I love your framework, live incredibly powerful every day uh, or incredibly full every day life. How do you prepare yourself? How do you create yourself every morning? So that's a great question. And, and, you know, let me, let me explain to how I got to that live incredibly full and then I can show that. So now here I am, I'm, I'm happy in my life. I'm way, I weigh great. I feel great. I look great. I have a great mindset and I start dating as well. Okay. Cause I had more self-esteem, self-worth and self-awareness. And one day I was doing something and I'm ADHD. I was me- meditating. Oh, 10, wow. get 10 minute guided meditation. And usually it was like, when is this going to be over? Even with the nice voice and the guy on headspace, I still 10 minutes was hard for me. And one day I had this download of information. And when I finished, I wrote for two hours. And out of that came, I love my life. And I want to show people how to do that. I want to show them. And I figured out live incredibly full every day that came out of my writing. So now that's where I, that's where I wanted to go. So I had to first build my own. T- I understood the, the, what got me there. So what got me there is every morning I wake up and I'm grateful that I woke up and I wrote down, write down three things in a gratitude journal, not just like a piece of paper, one of those nice moleskin type of journals where you could write and feel like, you know, it means something. And it could be as simple as, you know, I'm glad I woke up this morning. I'm thank you for, for letting me wake up healthy this morning. Thank you for the sun outside, whatever it is. Thank you for this, that. And sometimes I do it at night as well. Thank you for the day of the things. And then I pray. I'm, I'm Orthodox Jewish. I put on tefillin every morning. I do the whole nine yards. And there's a moment when you're wrapping him around one of your fingers that you say something. And that's my moment to be close to God because God is betrothing himself to me as I'm doing this every day. And it goes a little deeper than that, but that's basically what happens. And then I say, today, no matter what happens, I live incredibly full every day because I'm setting myself up on a, on a path of gratitude, not a path of complaining and looking for the negative. So that's fabulous. One of the things that I agree, I agree, I agree with everything you said, I teach clients uh, to create a morning ritual. Many don't have it. They get up and they jump into coffee, news and phone and whatever's handy. And that thing that you outlined, call it a morning routine, morning ritual, whatever it is. I use the acronym SPEM, spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, to teach a process to create yourself on purpose. Because when when we live, um, I'm going to postulate something and ask you to react. When we live as if life is happening to us, all these things happen. And our job is to just figure out how to navigate all this tough stuff. That is an approach to life, mm-hmm. and it is a reactive approach where we're just holding our breath, waiting for crap to happen and to see if we can make it through the day. Another approach is yours, live incredibly full every day, which presupposes that I'm going to take whatever happens and allow it to be a coaching moment for me, allow it to help me discover what I can do with it, and that sort of thing. And I, I want you to explore the, the the difference between things happening to you and for you, 
between yeah. living reactively and creatively. Talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. So first thing is, when you say that you're living, when things are happening to you, you're giving yourself another reason to rationalize that you or it's happening to you is because it's everybody else's fault and that you are looking to give yourself a pass and blame everybody else for your lot in life. That's number one. So when you say things are happening for me, it's the beginning of taking responsibility because then you have to say, I have to make these things happen for me. God has put me on the planet. You know, there's a story. Oh, I surrender to God. That means God will do everything. Okay, but there's a story about the man who was who was a shipwreck. It was the, the, his ship blew up, and he's floating on a piece of wood. And he's like, "God, please save me!" And all of a sudden, a plane comes by to save him, and he goes, "No, God's gonna gonna save me." And a boat comes by, "No, God's gonna save me." And then something else. Finally, he dies, and he goes up to heaven and he says, "God, why did you save me?" He goes, "I sent you a boat. I sent you a plane. You have to get on." Right? Yeah. It's not yeah. enough. I've got showing you the way. It's up you to take the steps. So that's really how I look at it. It starts with, okay, the world is for me. You know, things are happening for me, but I have to have them, help them make them happen. I love it. I love it. So as we, as we, so, tell me how happy you are right now. I mean, I, I, I preach fully. That's the whole point of the podcast. You don't have to wait to have an incredible life out there. I'll be happy when, when I get this much right. money, when I have this many clients, when right, exactly. I get over this illness, all that crap. I believe with all my heart, you can be happy right here, right now, today. So what yep. do you think about that? So let me tell you. So I started dating, right? I started doing, started dating back in 2014, 2015. And every time I would go on a date, I would be, they didn't know this, but I was interviewing them about their values right? To see if I was a match. Cause now I had going through coaching school. They taught me about values. I want to make sure I'm meeting someone who has the same values. And I, and I get a call one day and it says, you have to take out this woman. She's fantastic. So on and so forth. Like, okay. I'll take her out. So I go out on a date and she's checking off every box, every one of the boxes I go another date. And it's again, checking off. And about a month later, I turn to like, oh, Sarita, I got to tell you something. I'm falling in love with you. You don't have to say it back to me, but I want you to know that I love who you are and how you show up and that you see me as I am and not looking to change me. A couple of weeks later, she told me, and we've been married for almost five years now. So I tell you that because that's part of me growing and continuing to grow and recognizing that I can control my life however I want it to go as best as I can. Even if I, God forbid, get divorced. I mean... Get, a, uh, get get an illness. I'll figure my way through it. You see behind me the number 60? For the I people do. who can't see it because it may not be on video. I just celebrated my 60th birthday a couple of days ago. And I was in synagogue and the rabbi tells me, congratulations, happy birthday, 60, happy birthday, fantastic. guy behind me says, how old are you? It's a big smile on my face. And I said, I'm 60. He goes, wow, you're 60. He's like, I don't know, 20, 15, 20 years younger than me. He goes, so you're rounding third. I said, what? I'm sliding into second, baby. I got another 60 to go. So to answer your question, how happy am I? I love life and I'm happy every single day. 
Thank you. And that's a great and powerful and beautiful and heartfelt example. I want you to, uh, we're coming up to close to our 30 minutes and I want people to be able to find you. I want them Mm -hmm. to be able to find your social or your website or whatever you do. So tell me how to do that. So the best way to get in touch with me, to find out about me is to go to connectwithmartin.com. You go there, you'll see a couple of things. Number one, a way to contact me. You can schedule a 30-minute contact conversation with me. You can get free gifts. For example, about a year ago, someone said, uh, could you make a free gift for kids? I said, yeah. So I made, I took the word warrior, and this is something else that's in my course, and I used it to have it a modern mindset, the, the, the acronym warrior, and I used the seven steps. So you could go there and get a kid's coloring book for kids on seven things you must teach them. But then people are like, I like this. Can you make one for us too? So I made one for adults. So you could get that too. And recently I came up with a card deck of my course. It's called the warrior to warrior card deck. So they could go there and they could buy that and get an idea about me. So connect with martin.com. Things are always changing there. So that's a great way to find me. I love that. And as soon as we're done, uh, and, and, and finish the episode. I want to connect you with someone or give you a name that you might want to look up because cool. of what you're doing for kids. I love it. Martin, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your wisdom, through your courage, getting through the stories, for your openness, for your sharing, and for the fact that you're smiling, that you love your life every day, and you're determined to add good to the world. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Kellen. It's been a pleasure. I want you to listen to this episode again. I want you to take the time to go through these things and go to connectwithmartin.com and check out his stuff because he's another person who's made an intentional choice in his life to have life happen for him, to live into every day, and to live incredibly full every day. And that will help you create your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart.